Hello, my name's Luke Mitchell. Welcome to Founder Chats with Be Purple, the University of Brighton's entrepreneurship support service. In this series, we interview business owners, many of them graduates of the university, most of them in the first five years of their ventures, to find out the secrets of their success so far. How did they get started? What challenges have they faced and how did they overcome them? And what advice and inspiration can they offer to others looking to go it alone? In this second episode, I speak to Becky Gowing, founder and creative director at Print and Press London. Becky graduated in 2013 from a degree in textile design with business studies. And after a few years working as a buyer at John Lewis, she was ready to go her own way and founded Print and Press London, a custom digital fabric printing service for designers and makers. In this interview, Becky tells us about her inspiration to start her business. She talks about the pains and the gains of starting up a specialist print business and reveals some of the early lessons she learned and how she remains driven when things don't always go to plan. Becky also reveals growth plans for her business and ideas she has to widen the services that she provides. Founder chats are recorded out in the real world in a public space, so do expect some background sounds. In this particular episode, I met Becky at the Royal College of Art in London, next door to the Albert Hall. Becky was on a short break from an in-house project she was working on, so we spoke for around 20 minutes about her journey so far. Hi, Becky. Um... Would you like to tell us a bit about Print and Press London? What, what does it do? Yeah, so um, it started as a digital fabric printing company. So we've got um, a huge machine um, which um, you put rolls of fabric through and it puts um, whatever you can imagine, drawings, paintings, photographs onto fabric. And then fashion designers, homeware brands, accessories brands, all sorts of people use them to make products. Um, and it's now... It started with just doing that and then um, it's actually turned into lots of other things. I give uh, lots of workshops, lots of talks, um, and also I give lots of support to these small businesses because it's all small businesses that come to me and they're getting their first products made and their samples. So I'm actually helping them with pricing, how to start wholesale, that kind of thing. So it's becoming a bit more of a service for small businesses, but we started with the textile printing. Okay, and where did the inspiration sort of come for to, from um, to start? Definitely from my degree at Brighton. So I studied te- uh, printed textiles, I and mean, I was always very interested in the digital side of things there. Um, and then from there, I went and worked at John Lewis, and I was a buyer for three years. Um, and again, used loads and loads of printed fabric, and really saw just how much you can do with it. Uh, the traditional way of printing with screen press and rotary can be quite expensive, especially if you're just starting up and you only want a few meters. So it's a great way of getting samples, getting ideas, just down on fabric and seeing how they look. So it was always something that I'd been interested in. And then when I wanted to start my own business, that was the thing that sort of leapt out that I really wanted to have access to. And I thought other people would too. Right. And when you were at university, were you aware that you wanted to start your own business at that point? Or was this something that developed whilst you went on to work at John Lewis for a few years? Um, I think it was always in the back of my mind. So I used the Be Purple service um, and it was always, I was always interested in what was going on, but I didn't necessarily have an idea. Um, we had a business studies module in my uh, final year as well, where we had to come up with a business plan for a sort of a make-believe business, which I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed planning and forecasting and working out how to do it all. So. 
I always had it as something I thought I'd want to do, but I thought I'd probably wait a bit longer. But I actually ended up doing it quite quickly, which was uh, <laughs> maybe in hindsight a little bit reckless. <laughs> right. So have there been some some challenges that you faced then in your... So you've been going a couple of years, isn't it? Yes, yeah. so about two and a half years now. Okay, and so what's the journey been like in that two years of getting set up and um, early challenges? It's been really tough. It's been really hard. I think um, because I, I run the business on my own, that means I have to do everything, even the really basic admin stuff that I think working in a big company, I was used to having people in my team or other teams that would do those things. And then suddenly you realise everything stops with you and you've got to do the finance, the social media posts, along with all of the other stuff. So I think that was probably, especially those first six months, year, I was spending so much time just setting things up and trying to set up processes so I wasn't just spending all my time writing out the same emails. And you sort of forget that um, you're like, oh, I need to send someone a PO. Oh, I've never sent a PO before. I have to make a template to send a PO, and just all of those little tiny steps take so much longer. Um, so I think that was a real challenge at the beginning. And now that I'm looking to grow, it's also the challenge because I want to spend more time on strategy and coming up with ideas and actually implementing things. But I've still got to keep the day-to-day -day running and answering emails and just managing that side of things. So um, that's where I'm sort of starting to work with freelancers and virtual assistants just to give me that little bit of extra free time. Um, so I think that's time is the big thing. Um, and then also cash flow. Um, just the way my business works, um, I have very big overheads, but they're not con consistent. So I'll have to buy thousands of pounds worth of fabric, but I don't have to do that every week. So some months I'll be very cash rich because I haven't had to buy very much and then I'll take a huge hit and I'm back down to having hardly anything and if, if it doesn't sync up with my income it can be quite tough for a couple of weeks. Um, so that's quite hard just making sure it's balanced and I've actually got enough to pay the bills when they come in. Right. Yeah. So how, how did you get started then if you, if you have such big overheads? I mean, did you take some investment or did you get mm. a loan? So I took out a loan. I took out one of the uh, government business loans, um, which, again, in hindsight, I actually don't think was a particularly good idea. The repayments are tough. And I've since found out that um, they're not very flexible. So if I decide that um, I, I approached them and said, actually, I'd like to talk about changing my repayments because um, I'm finding that I'm having to spend money that I want to invest in the business is having to go on the loan and I would rather pay a little bit less for the loan and then actually be able to grow my business so I'll have more money in the end um, but they're not able to do that um, they've said that that's not an option if I do that I'll go into arrears and obviously that affects my credit rating and so it's quite frustrating and I actually wish that I'd looked at getting investment instead um, but it seemed like an easy thing to do at the time so I think for other people looking to start a business, I'd definitely say look at all your finance options because I think I went for that thinking it was the easy thing to do. I thought investment sounded quite scary and I wanted to keep ownership of the business. I didn't want someone else telling me what to do and being able to sort of get rid of me if it started doing well. So I was a bit scared of that route. But I think if I'd looked into it further, it possibly would have been the right thing to do because I needed quite high startup costs. Okay. Is that something you might have to look into again with your growth plans? Yeah, so I've started, um, I've got, um, I'm based in South East London and um, we've got some really good support from, um, I think it's funded by the council, South East Enterprise, 
and um, they're giving me lots of support and guidance and sort of mentoring about how to get the business growing and we're looking at whether it's investment or actually whether um, there's funding and grants available as well so I'm sort of trying to see what's the best option there. Okay so obviously you have faced a few challenges in these early yeah. days um, what's sort of driving your success so far do you think what keeps you going? Um, I think what keeps me going is that I really enjoy it. Um, I really, having worked in a sort of a very commercial um, place for a few years, which I learned so much doing that. I'm really glad I went and worked for a big retailer and learned that. They gave me so much development and support. But there's lots of things I found out that I didn't like. I didn't like being told what to do. <laughs> um, I didn't like um, just having lots of other people saying what was important and what my priorities were and actually I couldn't decide and something that I thought important was important if it didn't fit with what other people wanted I couldn't get to do it whereas now I can make those decisions and say no that's what I want to focus on this one um, so that really keeps me going and actually knowing that if I don't like it even if I'm having sort of a tough time or I've got sort of a something's gone a bit wrong, I've got the power to change it, I'm not just stuck in a dead-end job and you know someone's telling me what to do and there's nothing I can do about it. So that makes me really happy um, and then I just get to work with such amazing people um, that's why I sort of picked this area as well because I work with designers all day and they're all, lots of them are quite young, they're graduates or they're just someone who's looking for a career change so they're really passionate about what they're doing and then I get to help them make their business better and actually help them start making money. Some of them um, I've met and I've given feedback to and um, they've then gone in a slightly different correct direction and something good's happened. And when I hear stories like that, that just that makes it all worth it. That's absolutely fantastic. Are there any sort of common things that you've been able to help with that you've noticed a lot of these creative designers have problems that they struggle with that you've seen, oh, I can help with that? Um, there's a few things. Lots of people come to me about pricing, um, so I think it's something I'm quite confident with. Um, I had lots of negotiation training, I've worked with really big brands and had to work on cost prices with them, so I know how much I think something should cost and then how to work out you know, how much it should retail for or RRPs. And it's just, I think, maybe it's a bit of a, a stereotype that lots of creative people just, I think they see numbers and they go, oh no, I don't want to deal with that. Actually, it's not that hard. They're perfectly capable of it, but just somewhere in their education, someone's told them that numbers are terrifying and they don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So when I can help someone see, actually, it's, it's really not that simple. You don't need all these complicated tables. Actually, these are just the three numbers. These are different ways of working it out. Um, that makes a big difference, even though it's a little bit more dull. Um, the other thing I really like doing is actually working with somebody um, who's got some designs and actually seeing how they can pull it together to make a collection and actually make it something that's going to make them money. Um, lots of people have um, some really like quite wild out there designs but they're not necessarily that commercial, they're the sort of thing they'll only sell a couple of each month. But if I can show them how you can actually turn it into a commercial collection and actually pull out you know, these are some really exciting colours, do a couple of planes, do a couple of stripes, make these your entry prize, put in a pricing hierarchy, that kind of thing. Um, and then suddenly you've gone from someone who, you know, they might make a couple of quite, you know, unusual outfits and sell one a year. They've then got a really exciting business that will just keep running, they can sell it on Etsy and then give them the time to actually still do the really creative things that they want to do. So that's what I really enjoy doing with people. Mm -hmm. So, so you've talked there about your customer really, which is 
the designer. Mm -hmm. Who else is, I think sometimes when people are setting up business, they think of the customer, which is great, but yeah. what, what other kind of relationships are important in your business? What, who else is important that you have to maintain contact with? Um, I think one that I didn't realise when I started, and um, it's I moved into a new studio about six months ago, and that's when I've really noticed the benefit, is um, peers and people that not necessarily even collaborate with, but can just support you. Um, so people that I can go for a coffee with, and someone who runs a completely different business, but um, so we're not. It's almost quite nice because you're not trying to sell to each other. You're not trying to find out anything like that, but. They might have gone on some training, they might know somebody, they might have had the same problem with their websites. And so I think it's that peer network that you can go to because there's only so many times you can go to your friends and family and sort of talk about, oh, this has happened. They, they, if they're not in the same place, they can't really empathise. So um, having, having that relationship with other people who are running businesses, um, some of them who are further ahead than me, some of them who are just starting out, um, that has made such a difference. And, I wish I'd known it more at the beginning so I could have started it earlier because I think it really would have helped me in those first few months when I was finding it quite tough. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned earlier about committing time to social media as an example. Yes. That's obviously part of your marketing. What else do you do to market your business? That really is, that for quite a long time, that was the big thing. I've actually taken a bit of a step back from it this year because it was taking up so much time and... I found that I was getting loads of followers, I was getting loads of comments, but actually that, that wasn't that important. It wasn't, I stopped doing it for a month as a trial and it didn't really affect my sales at all. And I was like, oh, actually, I think I've got a big enough following now that it can kind of run itself. It, I need to spend a bit more time on it. But so what I, um, I started doing and I'm planning on doing a lot more of is content marketing. Um, so I write quite a lot of blog posts and then I um, have quite a lot of other people that approach me or that I approach to write for me as well and I'm looking to actually turn the blog into almost a resource library for people who are creative, setting up businesses, um, particularly textile designers and just what that means and what they can do. Um, so and it's a really enjoyable way of doing it. I find that much more fun than writing a tweet, actually being able to put an article together. Um, so that's been really good. And is that content that you hope will be found in search? Um, yes, yeah. that's what I use it for. So um, SEO um, and all of the complicated wizardry that goes with that. I've got someone who's really good that helps me work all of that side of things out. Okay. Um, but yeah, so all that kind of things. And then also um, looking to use that as sort of a springboard to PR and actually getting featured in other places as well. So um, getting our, um, interviews with people and that sort of thing. Okay. So... Along this, the way on this journey, and maybe earlier on in your life, what, who's inspired you or what's inspired you? Um, I was having a think about this, um, and I think probably the three people that have been, have, when I was at John Lewis, I had three female bosses, and they were all completely different, but they were all absolutely amazing, and I think I turned up as sort of quite a fresh-faced graduate, not really knowing anything. I had this incredible boss, and I mean, she's now sort of a very senior in John Lewis. She really threw up through the ranks quite quickly, but she was so driven and so she knew exactly what she wanted, and she made sure that she got there. And um, if she she wouldn't get stressed because she was like, well, no, because I'm going to leave early today because I'm going to go to yoga, and she made time for herself. And but she was always getting you know absolutely top sales, and she was fantastic. 
Um, and then I had two others as well that were um, slightly different. One of them who was a really, she was really nurturing. She was really all about team and making sure that we were all happy and that we worked well together. So um, I got to see these these three women who were all sort of at the absolute top of their career, all with very different characteristics. And I've sort of got to pick out the bits of them that I would really like to be like, and they've really inspired me to actually see what you can achieve. Okay, brilliant. And um, what's the future for Print and Press, do you think? Where would you like to be in, say, five years' time? So I would, um, I'm hoping that either, either if I can get some funding or um, I'm possibly looking at doing crowdfunding, because um, I think um, the big thing that I want to do is get this support network so it becomes um, it's more of a support and service for um, small businesses rather than just somewhere that you go to get your fabric printed. And to do that, I think I need to improve the website. So I need to get quite a big chunk of capital so that I can work with a designer and actually get a really good website that can have all these different functions that I want to have. Um, I think once I've managed to do that and it's sort of launched and hopefully... Um, at the moment my business is quite seasonal um, it's very reliant on um, trade shows, so the Christmas trade shows and students and when they graduate so I have these huge peaks where I'm very busy and then it goes quite quiet um, which is fine because I can tide the money over but I'd like to try and get something that's a bit more consistent um, and I think once I've got that then I can actually bring in um, a full time member of staff rather than having to have freelancers so I work with someone already who's amazing and I love to be able to get him in before he gets another job um, so that's that's sort of my aim to have this more service driven business um, hopefully get um, a couple of employees um, and hopefully um, start at the moment I do lots of, sort of one-off workshops um, and talks and actually I'm currently talking with um, my local library and I'd actually start like to start running more of a course so actually it's a more, we can actually work with people right from the beginning and actually give them a series of things rather than just a two hour session where I sort of try and give them loads of knowledge that they probably don't absorb properly. So uh, yeah, that's that's the plan. Interesting. Is it a particularly competitive sort of space that you're in? Um, I think it is and it isn't. So um, I think there are an awful lot of people at the moment who are pitching themselves as small business gurus and it frustrates me a little bit because I actually think they're taking a lot of money from people who probably don't have it and the advice they're giving isn't always fantastic. Some of them are great but some of them are, I think they're being a bit cheeky and I think it's become a bit of a, a just the thing you do now is that you run an online course and then you just take loads of money from people and so I'm, I want to get away from that and that's why I want to move more towards having a resource where I can point people towards this course is really good, this one's really good, maybe don't use that one but do their free content, that kind of thing. So I'm not looking to be the answer for everything but I'm looking to be somewhere where people can come and signpost them towards these are the good things that you can use and then hopefully using some of my retail knowledge and working with suppliers and sort of wholesale which is more my specialism to hopefully help some people who want to go in that direction as well. Okay, <coughs> and have you got any sort of general tips for student entrepreneurs who want to get started? Um, I think probably my tip would be um, see if there is, see who you can collaborate with, even if it doesn't seem like it's immediate fit straight away, if they're a product designer and you're an artist, but actually maybe there is somehow that you can cross over, because even just having two people in a business halves the amount of work that you have to do, um, but actually when I have um, collaborated and worked with other people, especially from different areas, 
the ideas that they've got and the experience that they have um, is completely different. And I've been working with some graphic designers who they work in such a structured way, which is so different from textile design where I'm from. But it's been really useful for me, and I've been able to pick up loads of stuff about their process. Just even just little things about how to sort of answer emails, they just are able to manage them in a lot more structured way, and it's made me uh, work a lot faster and a lot more efficiently. Um, so yeah, definitely see who you can collaborate with. Excellent. Okay, Becky, that brings us to the end. So yeah. thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. So that was Becky. Lots of useful advice and insight crammed into a short interview. You can find Becky at printandpresslondon.com and at Print and Press UK on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Remember to keep track of everything Be Purple offers by signing up to our free email newsletter. Find out about our latest workshops, our advice surgeries and our ideas competition. And I'm very happy to hear your feedback and suggestions for the podcast, so do drop me an email. The address is bepurple at brighton.ac.uk. Thanks very much for listening. I shall see you in a cafe soon for the next episode of Founder Chats. Bye.